are back. This is Joe Holka show presented by FanDuel. Two segments for you guys today. The first one, three trending wide receivers with Matt Harmon. Going to roll that right into our DFS stacks plus best bets with Rich Rebar. Two awesome conversations. If you enjoy it, do me a huge favor. Leave me a rating and review on this podcast or consider following on Spotify. Really trying to build up this audio feed this year. And of course, make sure you join the listener league before it fills FanDuel.com slash Holka. It is the best contest on FanDuel and all of DFS, to be honest. And not only do you get a deposit bonus but it supports the channel i'll see you guys in there it's the joe holka show presented by fanduel three trending wide receivers for nfl week four our next guest you guys know him from yahoo sports reception perception obviously his new youtube channel which we've been pumping heavily for good reason matt Harmon, how we doing my man appreciate you man always uh good to be on with you and yeah the people should subscribe for you joe this is the joe holka show they should do it for you don't do it for me i'm here for like what 15 minutes uh you're this is all about you buddy so i mean uh, i was about to go to the split screen you. but i feel like i should keep you on the full screen because we got the full <laughs> new you're, you're like officially a youtuber now man look at this we got we got the full it's a, bright and like like you were saying like i'm more of like that i got the football player vibe going but like yours is like literally you're at a beach house man so it looks awesome uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm trying to stay, um, you know, centered, right? Like, I, I, even if summer has come and gone, I mean, summer really never ends here in Southern California. So that is what it is. But like, I'm always trying, you know, we've got the the straw hat, the, the if I remembered who painted this uh, from the local art fair that I got it from, I guess I'd be a better person. But yeah, we're trying to keep the uh, keep the summer vibes going here. There you go, man. I love it. Uh, how was uh, week three for you? I, I didn't end up playing uh, quite as much volume, but uh, I'm just looking forward to, to week four overall. But curious how it went for you. Yeah, week three, I definitely um, I am pissed at myself because I'm sitting there, especially in our um, fantasy football live uh, DFS competition. You know, I've got Matthew Stafford and Tyler Higby kind of as like the core of my, of my lineups there. Um, last minute sort of decided to tinker, which is not great. You shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. Never and I was well. like, you know what? It never ends well. I was like, you know what? Justin Fields too cheap to pass up. We got the rushing upside. Let me try to access some more higher end players. Ended up yanking Stafford for fields. We know how that went. Um, what a nightmare uh, situation that was. I think that might've been the stone worst debut from a rookie, ru- like a rushing quarterback in their, in their first start, because there's at least some sort of floor there, but we obviously know there was no floor in that one. So I'm, I'm pretty pissed at myself for that one. Yeah, man. Normally, like any, I mean, it sounds crazy, but any quarterback, the floor's got to be what, like 10, 12 points, something like that. Like the absolute right. stone floor. And for him not even get to, to double digits, I was just rough, especially since he was uh, super popular across the industry, man. So uh, tough True. scene for your boy, A Rob, though, man. Like, I guess, what do you think? Do you, can, can Fields turn this around a little bit before we jump in? We're going to give him one. Actually, the, the video I'm, gonna post, I'm about to post right now on nice. my YouTube page is about Justin Fields and the Bears and kind of what we're. Um, what we're thinking going forward, me and James Coe. I'm willing to give it one last shot against the Lions, right? It feels like the Bears always have some sort of, you know, like get right game against the Lions every, every season. Um, so I think if, if there's, I mean, we might not even get Justin Fields in this game. You know, Matt Nagy's like sort of hinting maybe he's going to start Nick Foles. I think they end up starting Justin Fields if he's healthy, right? Like it's why go back at this point? Um, I'm going to, I'm giving A-Rob one last shot. I don't know if you need to do it in DFS. I mean, he is obviously cheap, but like if you're in a redraft league, um, you probably don't have a better option than Allen Robinson going against the Detroit Lions. I mean, the Lions are hideous. They're allowing um, one of the worst, you know, passer ratings on deep balls. Uh, they, they've given up the second most deep attempts or first uh, tied actually first with Washington this week, this year. So um, I don't know, man, I'm willing to give it one more shot, but I'm not feeling great. 
Yeah, uh, doesn't feel great. So let's uh, let's jump right into uh, the wide receivers that we're going to talk about today. It is the trending wide receivers. This one, uh, obviously, what's really nice is the price hasn't moved a ton. So Jalen Waddle, he's fifty four hundred on Fanduel at home against Indy. The volume has been just off the charts, Harmon. But we haven't seen yeah. those like game breaking plays from Jalen Waddle just yet. So tell us why you want to talk about him today. I think it is actually pretty encouraging that we've seen Jalen Waddle kind of play this short area slot receiver role because based on his reception perception results coming into the NFL and people could still go back and find this on receptionperception.com, you know, he was a guy who actually had the highest success rate versus man coverage of any prospect charted for this class. So, I mean, you know, Devontae Smith was close. Elijah Moore, who's another one of my guys, is just kind of wasting away in a bad offense right now in New York. Those guys were up there too. Jamar Chase, Rashad Bateman, obviously very good prospects, but Waddle stood ahead all of them in terms of beating and separating versus man coverage. Pretty strong against zones. The one question that I had for him was kind of how is he going to function against press coverage? And I think the best way to combat a player who – it's kind of weaker against press coverage like Jalen Waddle is you want to move them inside. You want to give them some some layup routes from the slot. We've seen that with Jalen Waddle. I think the fact that he's playing in that short area role is actually very encouraging for his long-term projection because this is a guy right now who has 22 receptions, leads all rookies with 22 receptions, and he's like under 180 yards. It's absurd. Um, at some point, you mentioned it, the big play is going to come. But the fact that he is getting open, working well in those short area zones and everything like that, that's pretty good news for a guy like Jacoby Brissett, who actually does not throw deep at all. Like he's not this vertical passer at all. Under 10% of his passes traveled 20 plus yards. The last time we saw him start a full season, obviously against the Colts revenge game narrative, uh, the Colts, uh, the last time we saw him start. So I think that actually this is really good news for Jalen Waddle, even if it's kind of been, you know, PPR based like reception production. I think go at some point we will see Jalen Waddle bust that big play. I, I don't really have a good handle on how this game is going to play out between the Colts and Dolphins because they're kind of two disappointing teams. But Indianapolis, man, their defense is not as good uh, as it was last year. So I'm perfectly comfortable at a deflated price and the volume being there. I'm comfortable with Jalen Waddle being a pretty core play for me this week. Before we move on, is there another guy that kind of stands out to you as someone that like it does have that deep threat ability, but they've kind of moved into the slot. So he ends up getting kind of some of those layup targets, like you said, because I've heard you mention that a couple times. I'm trying to put my finger on maybe another player that is similar because I, I do kind of like that, because if that role does increase to like someone that is going to see those deep targets, we know they can get there. Right. And if they continue to have both those roles, it's awesome. So is there someone that comes to mind? If I can mention one and I know everybody hates this player after last <laughs> week, it's actually it's actually Marquise Brown, man. Like, nice. you know, he's a player who sort of similar to Jalen Waddle had a great season as a rookie at beating man coverage kind of slipped back last year, but has been consistently strong against zone coverage in each of his first two years in reception perception. But man, um, never very good against press, you know, and I think that was the biggest problem for him last year is he was having to play that outside number one receiver role. He's not suited to do that. He can't be a number one receiver. Also, He's not a very good ball tracker. That's why we see some of the drops at some point from Marquise Brown. So he ju you just can't run your offense through a player like that, which is why I think Rashad Bateman coming back is such big news for the Ravens, even if he's not going to smash in fantasy. This is the alpha that this offense needs. Like Lamar is playing really well right now, um, but having Brown, who's seen over 50% of his targets come from the slot, like that's what Marquise Brown should be doing. Like, he should be a number two, maybe number three receiver. Um, you know, they have Mark Andrews there, obviously, but use him on some of those interior targets because that was a bigger problem than anything last year 
was that over the first, first half of the season, they were strictly asking him to be a vertical threat. We know the speed is there, just like with Jalen Waddle. We know the speed is there, but for these guys to accrue like consistent production, we want them to also be getting quick hitters and layups from the slot, and we have seen some of that with Brown. The first two games were great. Obviously, down the field, some real big drop problems in week three for Marquise Brown. Interesting. So probably better times ahead. So that that's good news. Uh, Harmon, you probably can it probably, get much worse, buddy. It can't get much worse. Than what we I saw mean, last it's, week. A, a, pro, three touchdowns through the hands, probably at least two. So uh, I guess what fell right through my hands. You probably don't even know this, Harmon, but uh, I build some teams with the Tilt Space Boys over on the ETR channel uh, at the kind of the mid to higher stakes every week, and uh, we were actually uh, a one v one away from uh, winning the Millie Maker, and it just happened to be my boy Stefan Diggs uh, versus Cooper uh. Cup. Uh, that would have been a difference there. So uh, obviously it was a Josh Allen stack. So I'm not really tilting that 1v1. It's just crazy that uh, that's the, the I guess, the error that we made was uh, putting Stefan Diggs in because he's been he's been our guy, right? So Stefan Diggs, right. he's 8K on FanDuel at home against Houston. The Bills have the highest implied team total on the slate per FanDuel Sportsbook. I, what do we do with Diggs, man? I, I, I'm, I'm fine. I'm personally fine. Uh, but everyone else seems to be a little bit worried. Um, yeah, I'm going right back to Diggs. You know, he is one of a small handful of receivers. There's been a bunch of guys that have seen 28 uh, plus targets so far this year. I tweeted this out, um, but only a small handful of them have finished, uh, have not, are, not, are outside the top 15 receivers in fantasy right now. Um, we've got Diggs as one, Cole Beasley as one. We know that Cole Beasley is going to be fine. And then there's some other guys like Jacoby Myers, Michael Pittman, um, players that I think, uh, Clay, Chase Claypool, I'm a little worried about that one because obviously because Ben Roethlisberger. But, you know, these are some guys that you want to look at is the volume has consistently been there for guys like Stefan Diggs. And the, the overall volume has been good. I would even say that, like, you know, he goes six for 60. I know that's not going to break the DFS slate or anything like that, but it's not going to um, win you your matchup in fantasy on a weekly basis. But it's still like there's no real concerns in terms of what he's putting up uh, on the field right now. The biggest problem is that he hasn't connected with Josh Allen on one of those big plays yet. Um, you know, he's still seeing a pretty healthy target share. It's not quite up to like the 29% area that he was in in 2020, but it's only been three weeks. I'm not not that concerned that he's still in the 20s uh, it's not as if we've seen his volume just precipitously drop off you know Emmanuel Sanders is playing a big role I think that's kind of he's actually playing a, a lot of um doing a lot in the vertical game I think there's some of that that's kind of leaking out of Diggs production towards Emmanuel Sanders but over the course of the season things should balance out for Diggs again the biggest problem is that they haven't hit one of those big plays Allen and Diggs that connection has gone just one for eight on passes of 15 plus air yards Diggs is one of the best deep ball receivers in the NFL. Allen is a great deep ball passer. We do not expect that to continue. This looks like a perfect layup, get right spot for Stefan Diggs, like totally smashing the box score. Um, he's another guy that I think will be in a bunch of my lineups, considering the price is a little bit depressed going into a game against a bad defense where the Bills should be rolling. And we know even when the Bills are rolling, they're still going to throw the football around. Like they're not just going to sit there and give the ball to Zach Moss like 30 times or something. Yeah, we haven't seen that true explosion yet from Stefan Diggs, so I definitely think that that's coming. But Harmon, uh, I guess what's really working out for you is this new studio. Someone uh, we just got a near t uh, a new tier one subscriber on the YouTube channel says Harmon's a handsome guy. There so go. there you go, man. All, all oh, the all the new lights. Go. It's really it's really paying off. Uh, so I think that. Uh, <laughs> 
before we move on though, I, I definitely want uh, everyone out there watching this to do one thing. I want you to pause this video and I want you to go into the comments and I want you to let me know your favorite wide receiver play under 5,500 for week four. So if we move on, Harmon, I, I think that this next guy is someone that, uh, another one that's probably uh, near deep to your heart. Uh, it's been a while since we've been able to talk about him as like a super relevant fantasy asset, but Odell Beckham, he's 6,600 on FanDuel at Minnesota. Guy has the third highest weighted opportunity rating per game in the NFL right now, so he's currently projecting as a sub 10% player in tournaments on FanDuel this coming week. Uh, tell us why you like him coming into week four. Man, yeah, runs the most routes on the team. It's interesting that they limit him in week one and week two. And I think it was kind of like a joint decision between Beckham and the team to not have him play in those first two games. Cause you know, he hadn't taken any contact all summer. I think it was like, okay, let's slow ramp. Also the Browns know like they're a great offense. You know, they're top five in a uh, offensive DVOA right now. They're number one in terms of rushing They're number 10 in terms of passing. Like they know they can get by without Odell Beckham at the point. Maybe they've done it before. They've gotten by without Odell Beckham before, but I think they probably, view Beckham and this is the way I viewed him coming this year too is he's that like just sprinkling on the top of uh, of onto a great offense like can take them potentially to the next level whatever that may be and so the fact that he comes out after being limited the first two weeks runs 34 routes most on the team that was awesome to see as you mentioned the air yards the targets they were all there and most important of all I think Beckham looked good and I, like I said this coming into the year his 2020 reception perception limited sample hated the fact that we had another um injury question but it was much better than what we got in 2019 in fact his profiles are actually still free so if any of your listeners or viewers that, that aren't familiar with reception perception you want to kind of get you I've mentioned a few stats here and everything you want to get kind of a bigger view see what it's all about you can actually still go check out Beckham's 2019 and 2020 profile on the site and for that reason I think it just shows the big jump that he took from 2019 where I think he wasn't healthy playing through a, I think it was a hernia injury all the way up to 2020 which wasn't quite at his like legendary New York days but um was still above the 90th percentile still looked like a true number one receiver and I think he looked like that last week and also we saw him and Baker Mayfield connect on like a, a back shoulder pass some really good timing there the, the Baker Mayfield can't have chemistry with Odell Beckham narrative is like the stone worst narrative in the entire NFL so I'm really hoping Beckham and Mayfield destroy it this year and against the Vikings this week the Vikings defense has been hit or miss this year I think this could be a very very high scoring game between two offenses that are on like Kirk Cousins I don't know whether he's in his bubble or, or whatever but like he should stay there because whatever is doing right now is totally working for him he's been on fire Mayfield's played well I think Beckham is going to be he should be a more popular player than he will be going into this week I think he's in line for a good game yeah I was at the Vikings game last week against Seattle and man this team's like they're playing a little bit more up tempo like Kirk's throwing the ball deep like there's a lot of things oh, yeah. to like about the the game environment against Minnesota so I, I'm with you on the Browns and definitely nice to hear uh, that he rebounded a little bit in reception perception so that's something that we'll have to keep an eye on uh, but I guess I can't get you out of here before we talk about Cooper Cup one last time he's 8600 yeah, right. on FanDuel at home against Arizona he's the most expensive wide receiver in week four, I mentioned that uh, not having him last week uh, was a painful decision of mine. Uh, but man, only Brandon Cooks, Devontae Adams, higher weighted opportunity rating. It's, I mean, that's one of my favorite metrics when we're trying to figure out what to do in DFS because it takes into consideration air yards, takes into consideration target market share. So what do I what, what do I do with this price, Harmon? I, I, I'm, I'm terrified. I don't know what to do. Yeah, I get what. 
go away from it because uh you know he's been so white hot at some point he's he's probably not going to finish as the wide receiver one overall in fantasy you know i just put rest of season rankings on receptionperception.com too i had him at sixth i'm pretty tempted to move him to fifth above dk metcalf but that's kind of where i'm i'm way in there i still think guys like Diggs, Devontae adams uh tyree kill will be better over the course of the season but then it's like yeah you get to that um get to that fourth fifth spot like eh, cooper cup or deandre hopkins like we're kind of putting him in that tier of guys and and i think he should be like he should be the most expensive player on the slate because he's been that good and i think the production again it will it will fluctuate at different times we know that that's just how the the way the nfl works but the role is sustainable what he's doing in the offense is sustainable um he's the best receiver probably at beating zone coverage over the history of reception perception he runs the most routes against zone coverage he obliterates guys there never faces press coverage you know he's not like a Diggs or um, a Devonte Adams that could see like a shutdown corner line up again in press coverage on the line of scrimmage. You just can't take like I had people tweeting with people this week like, well, it'll it'll go back to Robert Woods at some point because defenses will take away Cooper Cup. But good luck. He plays a role that you can't just line up ISO like two guys double him and take him away. It just doesn't work like that. That's why this is happening with a guy like Matthew Stafford who's that good. So, I mean, I, I don't know, Joe, to tell you to, like, fade uh, Cooper Cup because of the price. I totally get it. But, I mean, um, man, it's just going to be tough to, to bet against him on a week-to-week basis because of how this offensive ecosystem looks and the role that he has. And the fact that, I mean, he just looks like he's improved. Like, from a physical standpoint, the guy looks like a beast out there, which right. is awesome, I think, when guys, you know, sort of the prime of their career. He's at that point. 2017, I think, was the year he was drafted. He's at that point of his career where he should be taking that next big leap, and it looks like he is there. Matt Harmon, everyone. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Harmon underscore BYB if you haven't already subscribed to his YouTube channel. Before we get back at it, I want to thank the presenting sponsor, FanDuel, for all the support this year. New FanDuel players, listen up. Your day is about to get 20% better with a bonus on your first deposit, up to $500 for free. All you have to do is claim it by visiting FanDuel.com slash Holka first. That link does support the channel, so thank you. And even if you're not a first-time player, it would mean the world if you give FanDuel another go this week and started that process through my link. That's FanDuel.com slash Holka to claim your bonus and start playing today. It'll bring you right to our $5 three-entry max listener league contest, the one that I will be reviewing live on stream every Monday. Quite honestly, the best contest in DFS, and it's completely break-free. There's a whole lot of NFL action left this season, so make sure you join our community on FanDuel. Pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stack up against the competition. They've got a ton of different game formats between main slate and single-game contests. You can even set up private contests with your friends. Experience season-long wins without season-long waits by joining the $5 listener league or making your first deposit today through FanDuel.com slash Holka, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the Joe Holka Show. Age and local restrictions apply. Bonuses used as a non-refundable site credit that expires after 30 days. I want to take a second to thank our exclusive memorabilia partner, Pristine Auction, a website that auctions off a ton of insanely cool sports memorabilia each and every day with items starting at just $1. There are thousands of auctions ending daily, so some of the crazy deals that you'll see are pretty common, whether it's a daily auction, weekly auction, doesn't matter. The marketplace is open 24 hours with no reserves. Also, all of these autographed items are guaranteed authentic, so you never have to worry about that. I do have a registration code, so make sure you enter code HOLKA when you first sign up. It's good for $10 off your first purchase, but more importantly, you're only eligible for for the weekly giveaways from the mystery unboxings if you are fully registered at pristine auction so hopefully it's with code holka because that also supports the channel so thank you let's get back to the show it's the joe holka show presented by FanDuel. week four games of the week dfs stacks and best bets pack show today but you're going to want to stick around until the end because we're going to build a FanDuel team live on stream that team will be in the listener league at fanduel.com holka so make sure you get in there before it fills pumped to have this man back with us again 
on the Joe Holka Show, Rich Rebar. How we doing, Rich? Oh, what is happening, brother? It is week four. We're turning the page on a calendar. Excuse me, October tomorrow. Had a little frost on my car this morning. Don't like that. But hey, you know, we're, we're making moves here. I know. We're, we're just talking to Harmon. He's in California. He looks like he's on the beach. And, and you and I are just like, man, we're just holding on for dear life with fall right now because it's going to get bad quickly. Yep. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'm with you, man. So obviously, you guys know Rich. Follow him on Twitter. He's at Lord Reeves, sharpfootballanalysis.com, the worksheet. Uh, I want to shout out, obviously, something uh, that was a little bit different on the worksheet this week you don't do a lot of the intros anymore Reeves but uh, talking through uh, I guess your history with Mike Tagliere good good friend of mine I'm sure you've met him a couple times in person as well uh, so I guess uh, let's talk about tags for for guess five seconds uh, yeah, it was a really tough weekend for me I know it was for you as well but I, I love the tribute that you had on the worksheet this week my man yeah, I typically, you know, have a typically canned, you know, intro to the worksheet because I do so much work in the actual worksheet that I'm not going to waste time. No one's really reading that yeah. intro very much, but I wanted to use that, you know, space and opportunity, obviously, to, you know, sh- kind of share, you know, my my thoughts ab- about, you know, the passing of Mike Tagliere this week. And, you know, it, it hit me because, you know, me and Mike had such the same overlap right like almost at the same time i met him for the first time in 2015 uh he was the same boat he was working a you know a a job that he had worked at for a decade plus like i was we were trying to figure out how to get into the space we were saying oh you know just how how can we do it you know that we had a conversation about you know you know family everything was just over we're the exact same age uh, so like okay. that overlap and, you know, that kind of, you know, that passion that we shared, there was always a kinship there between us, uh, you know, and it, it, and just put a lot of the perspective this week. So it was hard, you know, obviously, you know, you know, being the same age as him, you know, still being around and getting to do this while I was ripped from him, uh, you know, it was heartbreaking, man. It was a, it was a heavy heart weekend, uh, you know, but you see the responses that everyone had and you see the stories everyone shared about Mike this week. And although they were all different the fabric of them were all the same and all tied back into, you know, uh, Mike just being a tremendous human being, someone that had a positive uplifting, you know, spirit that made everyone, you know, kind of just a better person in general. And he was a hard ass worker. And those are all kind of qualities that are in few and far between human beings. And we all work on to be better. I know I can work better to be better at all those qualities too. So yeah, it was, you know, it was definitely heartbreaking, you know, uh, a lot of prayers and thoughts go out to Tabby and the family. Uh, and I, I appreciate all the support that you see in the fantasy community have. And there's a reason why that the support has been so strong uh, for that. It's because it has the life that Mike lived and how much he touched everybody. Well said, Reeves. Uh, I've, I've said it a couple times now. There's no real uh, way to, I guess, uh, gracefully uh, transfer away yeah. from that conversation. Uh, but love you, Tags, uh, and you as well, Tabby. So uh, it is awesome to see everyone uh, kind of banding together to help them. I'll, I'll toss a link in the description for the GoFundMe if you guys haven't seen it already. But game number one that we're going to talk about, because we're, we're going to make this, I, I promised myself it would be a happy week, Reeves, because yeah. uh, that's how Mike would have wanted it. So uh, game number one, Arizona at the LA Rams. FanDuel Sportsbook has this game as the Rams as four and a half point home favorites with some sharp action coming in on the Cardinals. Early 54% of the betting tickets with 70% of the money so far. Reeves, the scary part for me is that the over-under right now set at 55. Sharps are hammering the under right now. 35% of the betting tickets, 94% of the money. So maybe the line was set a little bit too high. There's still going to be some fireworks here though, right? Yeah, I think this I think that's an interesting kind of, you know, uh, bet to be hammering under. But, you know, a lot of times you have these high totals, you know, sometimes you, you that open the week, you know, just come in on a natural leverage. If a, if a total's high enough, they're going to come under. So we'll see how it plays out. I mean, there might be some concern on the Arizona side just because their schedule's been so light so far. You know, Tennessee, Minnesota, Jacksonville to open. 
But this is not a the the same Rams defense that we saw a year ago. They're still a very good defense, but Raheem Morris has them doing different things than Brandon Staley did. Uh, they're they're a lot more aggressive. They're sending a lot more pressure than Brandon Staley did. You know, we talk about Brandon Staley on the show all the time. We've talked about him for a couple weeks now on the show. How he's sitting that 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 two high safety looks. They're not going to blitz up. They're going to be a lot of light boxes. That's now what Raheem Morris is doing. Uh, and if they're going to blitz a lot. Right now, I mean, granted, grain of salt, strength of opponent, but the teams that have blitzed Kyler Murray so far, and it hasn't been a lot, teams have only blitzed him on 21% of his dropbacks this season, but he has absolutely lit teams up that sent extra defenders. He's 14 of 20 passing, 14 and a half yards per pass attempt, and four touchdowns uh, against the blitz so far to open the season. So it's going to be interesting to see if Raheem Morris kind of, you know, sends extra heat at Kyler, because if you don't get home, you end up having those broken plays. I mean, Kyler has that Russell Wilson gene where he turns his back to the defense and, and concedes yards, but somehow gets them all back. Uh, you know, you don't see a lot of quarterbacks successfully be able to do that. Uh, you know, we saw that touchdown that he threw to Rondell more against Minnesota. They brought the blitz. He gets away, escapes back, retreats, ends up finding a, a uncovered Rondell Moore. So it's interesting to see, yeah, yeah how uh, how Raheem Morris, uh, you know, kind of plays that uh, this week. Uh, the Arizona side is a little tricky because what do we start doing with Kyler from a stacking stance? Uh, you know, because we're getting so much contributions from everybody. Last year it was very easy. You, they're going to run a three by one offense. If DeAndre Hopkins is is on the ISO side, and if he's you know not double covered, we're going to jam a slant or come back to him, and that's the offense. That's what the Arizona passing game was last year. Now we're getting contributions from you know Rondell Moore. The ghost of AJ Green is contributing. You know he's had two usable games in a row. Christian Kirk has been hyper efficient on the snaps that he's played. Uh, so we got a little opportunity here. We don't even necessarily. It's harder to stack Kyler, but also easier to play him a little bit naked now because you get the rushing. Uh, the other side, I think, is pretty easy. We know what we're doing uh, with the with the Rams. Well, I guess maybe not. We don't inherently know what we're doing because, you know, Cooper Cup's so expensive. But so expensive. Uh, it's he's, terrifying. He, <laughs> I mean, he should be this expensive, though, right? Like, make people pay to play him. This is what yeah. sites should do. Uh, I wish FanDuel did more of this, to be honest. Yeah, uh, get aggressive with it. <laughs> yeah, get aggressive on some of these guys. Make it hard to pay up for him uh, because, you know, it's it's hard to take away Cooper Cup. Like, the what he his role in the offense, like, it's it's – it's harder for defense to say, you know what, well, we'll just come and shut that down. He's a slot receiver. Like, you can't dedicate a lot of assets to stop, stop a slot receiver. You just really can't. It, it's it's not all. You can play bracket coverage, but then you have other players still get do stuff, and it makes it's it exactly the what boundaries. Harmon said. He's like, you could, like, what, what do you do, right? Because he's going to, I mean, yeah. the, the role that he has, like, there's really not a ton that you can do to shut him down in that way. So, man, it's 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 tough. It's it's really yeah. it's really not a fun time for us either. But at least now we have to make a decision because he's so expensive. So that's positive. Didn't right. cut you off, though. No, no, no. And you have to sometimes. Uh, but, you know, and, and then McVeigh, you know, pulled uh, Deshaun Jackson uh, out of his bag last week. Two weeks or go through the season and the guy plays 17 snaps. And he's like, you know what? I got this, dude. Let's throw him out there and make sure everyone remembers that I can do this in the offense, too. And you add that lid lifting element. It just makes a guy it accentuates a guy like Cooper Cup, his role. Right. When you have a vertical asset. Cooper Cup's even going to get more room to work in the middle of the field. Uh, so I didn't appreciate McVay doing that in the week where I was trying to get cute with Van Jefferson at like 10%. Mm. Uh, but it happens. Uh, you know, then we've still got, you know, Bob Woods is out here. Eventually he's going to to hit. I don't know how we're going to keep going back to him or not. Uh, but, you know, he's still out here running routes on an elite offense, you know, so his role really hasn't changed. It's just the targets haven't found him yet. Eventually they will. Listen, Cooper Cup's not going to have a 36% target share for, for 18 weeks. Uh, you know that I think he's he's gonna smash. Like I said, we we were above Cooper Cup on uh 
you know, Robert Woods this season. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm also interested to see what happens in this backfield. I wish we had clarity. It would just be one guy, especially at this stage of the week when you and I are going to build a lineup. Uh, we really can't go here. Because I think if, if Sony Michelle was just going to be the lead or if Daryl Henderson was going to be the lead, we'd feel really good. I mean, Arizona came out of the blocks and they stopped the big dog. I mean, 77 yards on 20 touches for the big dog, then they have just been absolutely hammered the past two weeks. I mean, Minnesota backs hit him for 176. Jacksonville running backs hit him for 178 last week. Uh, I mean, we'd love to be able to kind of say, all right, if we've got uh, a guy locked into one role, because when Daryl Henderson was the starter, he was in 100% of snaps. Last week with Daryl Henderson out, Sony Michelle plays 75% of snaps, gets 23 touches against the Bucks. Uh, we'd love to get 23 touches against this Cardinals defense. But now we have to worry about if Daryl Henderson comes back, is he still banged up? Do they say, all right, well, we played him 100% of the snaps and he got nicked up. So do we need to incorporate both these guys to some degree? We don't know the split going in. We're flying blind uh, on a high scoring offense against the bad run defense. So that that sucks. It kind of pulls yeah. the, the wool on us a little bit. Yeah, uh, I'm interested too. As a, from a deep dart, he's not really a conducive Fanduel play, and his pricing on Fanduel is always really wonky. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's really interesting the spot Chase Edmonds is in okay. because he's he's running a route at the third highest rate of team dropbacks for all running backs, and they haven't played a game in neutral game script yet. Sure. So like, if, so we have a game where like they're either going to be point chasing or being pressed on the scoreboard by the Rams. So I'm really curious to see kind of the opportunity. Like this could be a game where Chase Edmonds literally has like eight to 10 targets and he's getting you, you know, six to eight carries in the run game too. So, I mean, you always need that touchdown for him on a site like this, which makes it tricky. But I do think that uh, the role that he plays in the offense is going to be actually elevated in this matchup. Yeah, Ryan Hodge in the chat right now with a $5 super chat says, we never play our quarterbacks naked, Reeves. Uh, so I guess not a spoiler, but maybe. Uh, check out the Locks of the Week video if you're watching this later because uh, Jake Seeley uh, is in on Kyler naked for this week as well. So uh, uh -oh. Reeves, I guess like let's talk about the nuke side of things. Like he, it doesn't, I don't know, maybe he's maybe he's healthy, maybe he's not healthy, but we haven't seen like that massive kind of target share that we are kind of accustomed to for nuke so is he almost gets like too expensive you hope to get back in to the deandre hopkins love just by playing kyler and one of the cheaper guys or naked i guess we can talk about uh, the arizona side quickly and then we'll move on yeah i mean i think he's a guy like you just he's not gonna be a cash game play but you can you're gonna sprinkle him into stacks you know hodge yeah. will uh, obviously uh but you know i mean it's it's tough to really glom onto because so here's a, the two elements right we talked about all the ancillary assets are playing better than they were a year ago so that's a component but we also have the rib injury because deandre hopkins was great in week one and he was great the first quarter against the vikings then he gets hurt and he's done nothing since so how much do we attribute to just the other players playing better? And how much do we attribute to this injury? It's very hard. We don't really have a lot of clarity now. So he's more of a guy like we're just going to kind of sprinkle in uh, and, you know, kind of take our, our little bit of, of stacking ownership. I'm with you. Um, not sure why my Streamlabs gets froze, but there we go. We're, we're on both of us now. If for some reason, I thought we were going to have to go the rest of the segment, just you on screen, Reeves. That would have been that would have been uh, probably better. People don't want to see my face anyway. So You got uh, that great camera set up. I don't know, man. I don't know. You should see Harmon's new setup, man. It's insane. Uh, so here's the thing, guys. At this point, Reeves has probably spewed enough knowledge today uh, that I know I already have your like on this video, so I don't need to berate you for that. But what I was looking at on this specific video last week is only 10% of you guys have actually hit that notification bell. So let's go ahead and, and correct that one. But game, 
Number two, Reeves, uh, Seattle at San Francisco. The over-under is currently set at 54 per FanDuel Sportsbook. The 49ers are three-point home favorites. Not tons of steam here so far from the Sharps outside of a few large bets on the under early in the week, of course. Uh, but what are your thoughts on this game, Reeves? Yeah, and you know, this is, this is game two. Anytime you have the 49ers involved, you always wonder, especially paired with Pete Carroll, that, you know, do, does it end up being more of a slugfest? Uh, than maybe, you know, the, the line is suggesting. But man, this Seattle defense is so bad. So just put this into some context. The Seattle defense from a success rate stance allowed, they're allowing op- opposing passing plays to have a success rate at 60% of the time. Uh, the next closest team is at 52%. It's like, I mean, this, te- this team is awful defensively. Uh, they they just cannot stop any anybody through the air right now uh, in until they kind of show it. I mean, why not keep going back to the well? I mean, we've seen, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins light them up last week. Uh, so, I mean, why not keep pushing it? I, does that mean I'm going to play Jimmy Garoppolo? No, but it means that this 49ers passing game is probably in play a little bit. Uh, we've seen them kind of get Brandon Ayuk back to kind of a full-time role after being in the doghouse for two weeks. And that also didn't really injure Debo Samuel. Uh, he still came back and got 10 targets and had a 26% target share. They finally used Kittle as like a downfield asset. Uh, you know, Kittle's week two average depth of target was minus two yards behind the line of scrimmage against the Eagles. In week one, it was 5.6 yards against the Lions. Uh, so they got back to him using uh, him down the field. It was 8.2 yards last week. We saw him. They get it. Remember, he wanted to get Kittle the ball in motion. You see him catch that slant because you know what? The first guy is never tackling George Kittle. You get him on those slants and them hots, like, ooh. I mean, he's just pushing bodies off of him, and he's getting extra yards, getting that yak. That's what we love. Um, I think on FanDuel, he's way too cheap this week, uh, especially no Waller. I think the gap from uh, Kelsey to Kittle uh, – is pretty wide this week. Uh, I think he should be a little bit more. I think yeah, he definitely should 6, be 6,700. That's the cheapest I've seen him on FanDuel in a while. Yeah. He should be over seven, I think, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got those three 49ers pass catchers in. We have no idea what to do with this backfield, right? I do think if Elijah Mitchell's healthy, he probably comes back into the role he had in weeks one and two because I don't think he played himself out of it. It was the injury. I think he was fine against the Eagles. He wasn't hyper-efficient, but did nothing wrong either. He even had a touchdown come off the board. That was kind of suspect, uh, an overturn call. But we saw on Sunday night with, and we don't know if it was Trey Sermon having limited work in the install this week because he was going through the concussion protocol, or they just completely still don't trust Trey Sermon. But in that game plan, they did not trust Trey Sermon. Uh, they actually operated with Kyle Juszczyk as basically almost the primary running back in that game. He had a career-high nine touches. He's out here running routes. And, you know, granted, you know, not a lot of teams have a fullback to do this with, uh, you know, a guy like Juszczyk. But, uh, yeah, so I, I do think if Elijah Mitchell's healthy, he, we will see him kind of come back. And he's really cheap if you want to get cute. We won't know till the end of the week, which is another thing when we do this show on Thursdays kind of if he's going to really be back or not. But Seattle, uh, again, we saw it against Alexander Madison last week. Uh, He had a great dual purpose game. Uh, They get crushed in the second half of the Derrick Henry game. So, I mean, there's opportunity, you know, for the running game here to be productive as well. We're just going to have to wait and see. He he might be a great late swap guy uh, because, you know, we might not have clarity until, you know, Sunday afternoon. And he's so cheap, you can obviously get him and free up a bunch of time to do a lot of things. Uh, so, I mean, that's basically the 49er side. Uh, Russ is doing his thing. You know, Russ continues just to be hyper-efficient every week. Uh, he didn't have a huge fantasy game last week, but still the, the efficiency from a passing stance was there, 9.3 yards per pass attempt. He's been over nine yards per pass attempt uh, in every game. Uh, 
just absolutely kind of just being what he does. So it's hyper efficient. Now, the thing about this is we're back to what do we do with the, who do we stack Russ with? The weekly conundrum. Both the opposite guys of the guy that I stack him with is the answer. What's that? <laughs> the opposite of the guy that I choose to stack yeah. him with is probably the right answer. Yeah. So remember I, we brought this up last week. So I kind of brought this up and I wanted to do some math on this to really see like how often do these guys not produce together? Yeah. So in the two years they've played together, they've gone over a hundred yards together just once. They've had they've been wide receiver ones, top twelve scores in a week just twice. They've been top twenty-four receivers just five times, which includes the two top twelve. So it really is true. Like these guys do not smash together. It's crazy. Because it, you would think with how tight the target tree is, there would be games where Russ has to drop back 35 times and both these guys get there. But we just it never happens. Like we can't ever double stack these guys, and it makes no sense. Uh, I think that the 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 one when you look at it from like a historical stance, the guy that was the higher floor always is DK. Like when he busts, he he at least gives you something. Where Lockett does stuff like last week, he Lockett will give you the two for twenties. Uh, DK really doesn't hit you the two for twenties very often. Mm-hmm. But you can't even use last year's kind of matchups to kind of really kind of get a signal because both of these guys had an awesome game against the 49ers. The 49ers secondary is absolutely bludgeoned right now. Uh, they've got Emmanuel Mosley starting. They have a, a rookie. Uh, Diamondori uh, Lenore, who is having to start. Diamondori Lenore has faced the third highest air yards in the NFL from a wow. target. Uh, so, I mean, it's he'd be a guy we want to pick on. He does, like, from a stance where they line up on the field, overlap with DK Moore, but it's really, we're still talking 50% of the routes. Like, True. that's not, it's it's hard to really take that and say, you know, that's the problem with quarterback wide receiver match. People will say that, take that 50% and say, get him, he's the whole game, lock it up. But, you know, you don't know. Side? So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so you don't know. There's other guys that are going to run routes on Lenore as well, mm-hmm. so <laughs> that he might be targeted. So it's always tricky to kind of figure out. And uh, but this game, I think it's interesting to go to the passing game because you know Chris Carson picked up a hamstring. They've been kind of coy, really shown that shown up that he's like really in danger of missing. But they haven't really been effective running the football the last two weeks. Uh, so, I mean, if it's going to be a limited Chris Carson and Alex Collins and Travis Homer, we know they'll still try to run the football, but it might swerve into having, you know, Russ have to throw the football. We may have Gerald Everett in this game because he was placed on the COVID list. Uh, and they don't really have another tight end on the roster, you know, that has really played any snaps at all this season. So it might be just Will Disley playing 100% of the snaps. Yeah, so I forgot to ask you this on the last game, Reeves, but I'm uh, going to need your best bet and your favorite stack. So uh, who is it, Lockett <laughs> or Metcalf, if you're uh, running Russ? Sounds like on the other side of it, you don't mind the Kittle bring back, which I'm into for sure. Yeah, I do. I, I think, like I said, I just think from a floor perspective, DK gives you a little bit more. Uh, so you just you have a little bit more of a parachute with DK every week. And I still think DK is under Lockett on FanDuel this week uh, a little bit. I think he's still yep, a little bit $200 more. cheaper. Yep. All right. So you're still getting a little bit of that early season, maybe just a couple roster equity if you need it. But I mean, listen, there are wise men in the world, a lot wiser men than me. Uh, either one of these guys could smash and the other yeah, one's they're probably ca- they're all kind smash. of like at least so far coming in at pretty low projected ownership too. So maybe this game. I noticed Russ too. Yeah. I noticed Russ too was a little bit lagging, but we said that with Stafford last week. They ended True. up getting there. Yeah, Cause uh, you're remember... talking about him everywhere. What the heck? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when we came into Sunday, remember I, my big take was like, I'm going to go Stafford over Herbert because he'll be lower out. Like, it's tracking to be lower out. Right. And then uh, by the time we got to Sunday, it was Herbert, and I ended up playing a lot of Herbert that worked out. So uh, we'll take it. So monitor that that roster ship, you know, guys, on your favorite site. See what it's looking like. Uh, but, yeah, I, I like, uh, you know, the Seattle side of this. I think the 49ers defense uh, is getting a little bit too much credit than it's had for an early season start. Uh and then I kind of still like the the over in the first game we talked about. 
Okay. Interesting. So let's uh, let's move on to game number three. Carolina at Dallas over under is currently at 52 per FanDuel Sportsbook. Cowboys are four and a half point home favorite. Sharp action looks pretty minimal in this one so far. So let's just jump right into it. Reeves, what do you think about this game? This game is uh, really intriguing to me on a number of levels. For one, this so Kellen Moore has come out of the blocks just blazing. He's called three really tremendous game plans, really suited on what the opposition does defensively. We saw him kind of go at that pass-heavy script against the Bucks and spread them out. We talked about the Brand Staley effect and you know of them taking that two combo back kind of two-prong system and just running all over them. And then they did the same thing against the Eagles. The Eagles sat back and just zoned that entire game, and they said, you know what, we're not going to really bring any guys up into the box. You throw to your tight ends and you throw to your running backs and run on us if you want, but we're not going to let you beat us over the top. And that's what Jonathan Gannon does too. You know, he coached under Matt Everfliss, he coached under Mike Zimmer. Uh, you know, that's you're going to see a lot of that coverage from the Eagles this season. Uh, so Ezekiel Elliott, you know, was a byproduct, you know, trying to run against the Bucks. 55% of his carries in week one come against loaded boxes. The last two weeks, 18.8% and 11.8%. Now the Panthers are throwing a little wrinkle here because the Panthers do everything. Like they don't have like a, a complete tell on defense. Uh, they're blitzing a lot, but they don't blitz out of man a lot. They mix a lot of blitz and a lot of zone blitzes up. They do a lot of bare fronts where you have three interior linemen. They run that 3-3-5 wide. They give you just a ton of different looks. Phil Snow's defense is really intriguing. There was, I was really high on this defense coming into the offseason because they have so many wild card pieces. You know, they'll drop Brian Burns into coverage. They'll drop Hassan Reddick into coverage. They got a wild card in Jeremy Chin. They did lose J.C. Horn, so we'll see if it does impact their kind of play calling. You know, they, they traded for C.J. Henderson during the week. Um, see how he fits into this defense and kind of it affects any of the play calls they had. But it's really hard to just pinpoint exactly what Kellen Moore will do in this game because the Panthers do so many different things where we it was really easy to say, this is what the Cowboys are going to do these these games. So I'm really intrigued to see the, the cat and mouse game there. Uh, I get fired up about some of this stuff, about the, <laughs> these matchups like this. Love it. Uh, because, you know, you know Dak, Dak's been good against the Blitz so far, too. So if they want to Blitz him, uh, he's been really hot. And Dak's just played tremendously. Uh, I mean, you look at this, he's he's completing, you know, last week's 85% of his passes, 81% of his passes, like these absurd numbers. Uh, just Just so hyper-efficient. We're, it, it looks like tracking uh, right now that we're not going to see C.D. Lamb or Amari Cooper really come in with high roster ship either because people are going to see those little red numbers next to the guys, uh, you know. But, you know, the Panthers still have to prove it. I do. I'm intrigued by this defense. I'm pro on them. I love everything they're doing. But listen, they've also played the Jets, Jameis Winston, uh, and Davis Mills. They're opening three games. The carnival is coming here. This is where the test is. This is where rubber meets the road. I will say that I do kind of believe in their run defense, though, is kind of sticky uh, because of what they did. You know, they nuked Alvin Kamara in the Saints run game in week two. Uh, there was even anything for them to do in that game. And I understand you have to have a little bit of pass to open up the run, and that might not happen here because you have to respect the Cowboys' pass a little more than the Saints. Uh, but league low, 2.2 yards per carry to opposing running back. So, I mean, Kamara just did nothing in that game. So it gives me a little bit of, of hesitation. Zeke is super cheap, though, on FanDuel. 7K, 7K. for a guy in his role uh, is really might one of those things you just say, you know what, 7K, I'm just I'm just going to take a guy that's playing this many snaps. It's probably because I mean, the, they were Monday Night Football, right? So yes, the, the oh, pricing yeah, yeah. came so up before. Yeah, so yep. I think that's, that's probably why Zeke's going to kind of gain a little bit of steam. I think just because of the price, right? Like right now, it looks like he's projecting at like 12%. I mean, I think just the role in general might kind of lead people a little bit more towards him. But I, I'm with you on the matchup, though. That, that's, uh, that's not ideal. Yeah, and, and I think the matchup is going to make you see some of this. Cause so, so Tony Pollard's had really nice involvement in the game plan 
uh, from a, a prospect, like we said, they, they were, these are teams that were going to invite the Cowboys to run and it lets you kind of incorporate a game plan. Remember early in that Bucks game, Tony Pollard was also a part of the game plan and he kind of came out of it as the game script kind of waned and the Dallas started to have to, you know, play catch up. So I'm curious to see if this is a thing that we see all year, if it's more of a, a case by case basis with how much Tony Pollard is getting rushing actually usage because Tony Pollard's not getting any team dropbacks. Zeke is running all the routes. I mean, Pollard's only run a route on 22% of the team dropbacks. That's that's equivalent to James Conner and Rex Burkhead. So it's not like Zeke's still running all the pass routes. Uh, so I'm curious to see if Pollard's scripted running rushing touches are more just these product of these two last two game plans or early playing game script. Uh, and if the Cowboys were to fall behind or have some series where they don't are not productive, we see less of him. Um, I will say that the tight end thing, I don't know if I'd go chasing the Dalton Schultz waterfall. His his usage was the exact same it was basically the first two weeks of the season. Him and Jarwin are still basically splitting snaps and routes. Uh, you know, he has had more targets in two of the three games than Jarwin, uh, but it's just really tough right now with the their actual route usage and snap usage to say, like, Dalton Schultz is clearly ahead of Jarwin. It's still going to be a little bit of whack-a-mole there uh, on that side. And then... When you swift to the shift to the Carolina side, you know we got no Christian McCaffrey in this game. We're gonna see Chuba Hubbard be probably the most popular running back play, I think by far this weekend, because given his price, uh, Dallas is allowing uh, five yards per carry to running backs. That's 28th. Not only that, they're allowing 14 and a half receiving points per game to for running backs, which is 29th in the NFL. Uh, and we've seen when Chuba Hubbard had to come in after Christian McCaffrey, he played 73% of snaps. He played long, all long down and distance snaps. He played every two minute snap and he had two of the three goal on carries. He also had five targets. If you're going to be a road dog, that's the role we want you in. So there is an opportunity for a lot of receiving work for Chuba Hubbard, who is not Christian McCaffrey. Uh, but we saw with Mike Davis last year, they're still going to use the running back in kind of that role in this offense, even if he's not as talented as Christian McCaffrey. I also like Sam Darnold in this game game in the passing game because I think Dallas is getting a lot of credit for their defensive jump but they're living off turnovers they lead the NFL in turnovers and turnovers per drive rate that's something that's not sustainable it's not going to sustain itself they're still allowing the third most yards per play in the NFL although this defense may be better than last year it's still not a good defense they're getting by on some things that aren't sustainable right now uh, so I do think Darnold uh, is in kind of a good spot because we haven't seen the Panthers have to throw for the entirety of a whole game and they're going to have to do do that here so i like that uh dj moore's doing his dj moore thing they kind of merged the kind of his his best usage of last year and the year before his first two years he's no longer just like a tertiary little lifter he's being used all over the field we'll see kind of if trayvon Diggs follows him around uh or not he has been kind of following receivers around and as a byproduct of that the ancillary wide receivers have really torched dallas you know, we saw Antonio Brown in week one have a great game against them. Uh, I don't know if we can call Mike Williams an ancillary receiver at this point, but he torched them. Uh, Jalen Ragor, even on Monday night, although he didn't have a great game, he had five catches for 53 yards and was more productive than Devontae Smith. Uh, you know, so maybe that leads the door. Could this be a Robbie Anderson week? He's only been targeted on 10% of his routes, which is the lowest rate of all top 40 receivers and route participation rate. And that's because he's carrying an 18 and a half yard average depth of target, which is almost double the 9.8 depth of target he had last year. They're using him only as a lid lifter. Uh, so Matt Rolls kind of come out and said they need to kind of change that, get him more looks with Chris McCaffrey out, maybe a little squeaky wheel bump. And you also get kind of the Trayvon Diggs bump of him getting to see some more favorable coverage and the targets have gone away from Trayvon Diggs. Uh, and then maybe we've seen Tra Terrence Marshall have a larger role last week too. He had played a season high 62% of snaps last week, 70.3% uh, of the dropbacks and also had six targets. So in a shootout kind of, you know, potential and a game chasing 
uh, environment for the Panthers passing game, uh, they may go overlooked as well. I, don't, I do think Robbie Anderson's probably going to be highly owned because uh, the field's just too good at this stuff now. Yeah, man, I, I, the more I look at this game, the more I like it. So it, you mentioned, obviously, some of the, the secondary pieces on Carolina, like Terrence Marshall's 5K. He's like, at least as of right now, he's projecting for sub-5% ownership. So definitely going to keep an eye on that, especially if Chuba Hubbard gets end up being uh, like being one of the more popular plays. I think there's tons of ways that we can kind of zig in this game. Even the passing game on the Dallas side, like I guess C.D. Lamb and Amari, all these people are just all in on him for Monday Night Football. Kind of a little bit of a failure in comparison to the running game. So maybe we see that uh, be a little bit less popular this week and Robbie Anderson's 5,700 so uh, if you wanted to pay up for DJ Moore which I think a lot of people are he's top six and weighted opportunity rating like everything on the back end is going to look great for uh for DJ Moore so I, I think there's tons of different ways we can go about this game but if, if you had to narrow down to like your favorite stack in this one Reeves do you have a, a, I guess a preference um, looking at, you know, kind of projected ownership, it's really hard to say, like, if we're going to get the Cowboys wide receivers at this low, I would right. kind of want to play those guys just because we know the type of ceilings that they, uh, have. And if they play a team, if it ends up being a, a situation like the Bucks where like the run is just shut down, we've seen Kelmore say like, all right, we'll drop back 50 times if we have to, we have that kind of flexibility in this offense. Um, but it's interesting because Dak's ownership looks like it's going to be fine. So maybe it's just the, it's just something that's going to just going to catch up to where they're going to start st- seeing stacks and the, and we'll see some of these guys be more popular, but I definitely intrigued on that. I like those ancillary, uh, like Terrace Marshall, I think at five K is pretty fun. Cause he's yeah. a pivot off of Hubbard too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I do, I think that this game, this game I think is, is interesting. I think this game is, could, has potential to be really good. Um, it just depends, you know, on kind of this Panthers defense is for real or not. Yeah, we talk about it a lot with uh, if you're going to be paying down on FanDuel at wide receiver, I'd rather have it be one of these lid lifters, right, who can basically hit value on one big play. You don't necessarily mm-hmm. have to dink and dunk up the field uh, with uh, getting a lot of reception. So I-, I like the Terrence Marshall play quite a bit. Uh, is there a favorite bet that you have in this game, Reeves? I actually like the Panthers with the points. It's come down a half point just because like, I-, I do think that their defense is good enough to hang, and I also think the Cowboys' defense is bad enough to let them hang. So I, I think this game should be like three, three and a half. Okay. I like that. I like that. So before we move on, everyone out there, I want you to pause this video and I want you to let me know in the comments, your favorite stack for week four and, uh, Reeves, you ready to build a FanDuel team? Uh, maybe, I don't know. There's a lot of guys I want to play. I know. Right. So, uh, <laughs> not, not to, I guess, uh, give you too much shit but you've, you've given away this lead a little bit Reeves uh, now it looks like you and DJ Hernandez are now at a negative two dollar profit for the year uh, Jake hasn't cashed this thing yet though so Jake's at negative fifteen dollars so at least you have that it, it is very tough though uh, to build a lineup this early in the week so uh, I think it's I will say the- I, I I don't know what the actual points but I think I've been consistently producing points yeah, should we do like a, a total points versus like, I guess, total profit as well? Like get two different graphs going. I, I keep telling myself I'm gonna make a graph for this. I just haven't done it yet. Because I've definitely been like a piece away each week where, because I've I've always the lineup we built here, I at least throw into another single yeah. entry just to see how it does. And I've at least been on the bubble the two weeks I've been out. So it's not like I'm bricking. This is true. This is true. So the Joe Holka Listener League, obviously, fanduel.com slash Holka. Make sure you get in there before it fills. $5, rake-free, big prizes. It is the best contest in all of DFS. We talk about it every single week. It is the battle of the guests. We have lineups from Reeves, Jake Seeley, and DJ Hernandez in here. We'll keep uh, the running tally as we go. So um, who's going to be the start, Reeves? Uh, do we, do we want to start with a stack in this one, um, or do we want to kind of uh, piece together a couple of your favorite leverage plays first? What what stack do we go with that we mentioned? Do we do the Russ? Do we do the Dak? Or do we do the Darnold? I don't know, man. Uh, the, the Russ one 
to me is just so terrifying because I feel like I get it wrong every week. So yeah, I mean, there's always that risk. I do like Kittle though this week a lot too. True. So it does give us the run back. So let's start with let's see where we get. Let's start with it. Ross. Let's start with Ross, and then we'll start with Kittle, mm-hmm. and then I guess for salary right now. What was that? I missed that one. D- so we'll second. go DK. DK. DK is the, got it. DK as the as the uh, the the stack mm-hmm. and then Kittle the run back. We're going single though, right? Yes, I mean, we can't like it's like I laid out the like maybe it hits and maybe that's the actual pivot. Maybe we start double stacking these guys and then you hit. But like, I don't know, man, you looked it. I'm glad you looked it up because I've wanted to do that. I guess haven't. So, uh, yeah, after well, we kind of like talked about in passing last week on the show. And I was Mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm going to put some of the like actually pull some data on this. So it's as bad as we thought. Probably worse than we thought. Yeah, sometimes it never is. You know, when you go under the hood, you're like, oh, maybe the narrative is just pushing this overblown. Nope, it's not. It's actually, it's actually a thing. <laughs> it's it's right, actually so a thing. Let's see. So normally, I think the easiest way to do this is just uh, we'll scroll down on defense. We can always yeah, you upgrade. always make me pick up. We can always defense. upgrade defense later, though. So like, let's figure out who's like a cheaper defense that we'd be somewhat interested in. If we we got Minnesota against Cleveland, hopefully there's a little bit of pace to that game. We have Carolina at Dallas. At least there's pass attempts on the Dallas side there uh man it's it's not great down there i'll, I'll say that the chiefs in there for now okay cool chiefs are 3700 yeah, the, uh, uh, the eagles are going to be out three offensive linemen starting offensive linemen this game uh and then they're always going to get dropbacks against the chiefs so i mean hurts going to get out of some sacks but uh i think down all those offensive linemen uh is going to be rough yes seems not great uh i'll <laughs> say this about the the rust stack though i like that it's at 4 p.m uh so we, we we will have some flexibility here regardless on, on what happens at the 1 p.m slate so all right so you have 6800 per player left so tons of salary now okay well let's see who have we talked about on the show too so do we just eat the chalk and play hubbard cool. uh we let's play yeah let's get at least a piece of that game well because i mean he's 300 he's gonna be popular but mm-hmm. uh hopefully the rust deck makes it different but okay. i mean like i said them being dogs him running all the long down and distance work i think the receptions will be there um so do we want to go mini stack with Hubbard? Do we want to add like one of those cheaper wide receivers with Hubbard? I'm just trying to think of a way to make that one a little bit more unique. Or we can just leave him in there and kind of just be the salary saver for now too. Yeah, let's leave him as a salary saver because there are a couple of receivers that I think I want to mix in. I don't know if uh, I, I really like Odell Beckham this week. Uh, it's your team, Reeves. Don't let me I influence also, you. I don't want to. I, know, I don't want to run you into a team that doesn't. Well, cash all, this is a week two, and this is what we talked about them jamming the price up on Cooper Cup and liking to see it more. Is there's so many guys to play? It sure. feels like. Uh, let's go with Stefan Diggs. Yes. I know you never pushed back on playing Stefan Diggs. You know, but, he cost you know, me a million dollars last week, right, Reeves? I, that's, I was kind of it's, following it's that. Well, when sickening. Mike tweeted the lineup in the afternoon, I was like, oh, I got to see where the sweat goes. We were super live. Like, like legitimately, oh, oh like God, all jokes yeah. aside, super live. If it wasn't for the Stefan Diggs snowflake, it's not great. Yeah. Uh, so that was a bummer. It was heartbreaking, but at least he came out still ahead. It's not like we were uh, fading Stefan Diggs in our Allen team, so you can't really tilt it that hard. So anyways, no one, no one cares yeah, about my team that almost won a million dollars. Anyway, Stefan I mean, Diggs needs to make I it care. up to me here. <laughs> Listen, if you're going to have a show bringing people to come come to the yard, you, you better drop drop some lineups like that. That's yeah. to get more people to come to the product. Exactly. Uh, exactly. <laughs> but, but I play Diggs here. I think that 
him being a hundred off of Devonte Adams helps him. I like that. Because I, I think there's a is a, a and, and with Devonte Adams being at four p.m. too, I think a lot of mm-hmm. people like just they'll say, all right, I, I can just pay the hundred up, get Devonte Adams, elite target share, and I got the four p.m. Uh, whereas Diggs is at at, at one, yep. and then a lot of people are going to play this narrative like the Bills are going to be up too much for Diggs to do anything. Yeah, I don't like that narrative at all. I mean, he could easily Listen, score two touchdowns and have two hundred like two hundred. We yards do this all the time. time. Listen, yeah. if the Bills score a lot of points, they're going to probably do it what the Bills do and throwing the football. So I'm going to no think man. I mean, you heard like Stefan Diggs doesn't score touchdowns anymore, man. It's crazy. It's a Zach Moss week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I get it. I get it. I get it. Uh, but so we'll plug Diggs in. I also really like uh terry mclaurin he's really coming terry. in way uh he's not looking like he's gonna be popular this week but we got this dean you whispered that reeps you ain't he's not gonna be popular <laughs> dean we got this dean P's blitz heavy defense for the falcons one-on-one coverage listen he ran into a tough draw this week trey white's been been playing good ball the bills have been shutting down everybody on the outside so i like this uh for spot for terry mclaurin to get jammed with targets uh so i'm gonna go with terry mclaurin that gives okay. us uh, we have six really good wide left. receivers yeah I mean, and what, honestly a ton of salary to work with too you're right terry at 7100 is nice uh, yes yeah, so i like him and it's one of these weeks like all these guys are getting caught in the kind of the muck because they're all kind of equal price and they're all great plays like cd mm-hmm. lamb dj moore uh you know i've got even debo there like you can go cheap with iuke uh you know i think a lot of people will play robbie anderson uh what do we have left so we have 6400 per player left so decent amount but we're probably going to need at least one guy that's not like the super elite price tag unless there's a punch you like all right well let's throw me jonathan taylor Mm -hmm. let's go jonathan taylor for a bounce back spot i don't the the, the colts have been kind of cheap 6600 yeah give me him against the dolphins they've been getting kind of stomped on the ground by everyone peyton barber runs for 130 yards on you i'm gonna Let's take, take notice. All right, so here, uh, here's the cheap. range you're looking at then. Melvin Gordon, Robert Woods, Sterling Shepard, Chase Edmonds, Tim Patrick, Zach Moss. It, it's kind of gross in this area, so if we did want to change defense, this is your time to do it. Uh, 6,200 left, though. No, let's just flap lag it with Bob and see what happens. <laughs> All right, let's do it. The, Bob, the, the the meme I sent you this week, the for the overset picture. I'm gonna man. keep playing. Bob, I'll keep playing Bob Woods until it's right. I saw that picture, Reeves, and I absolutely lost my mind. I was at the Vikings game, so I didn't even I didn't see this until like way later. And then I saw that video come out, and that's literally his face. I I, I lost my mind, dude. If people, anyone that has no idea what we're talking about, just just check out Twitter because I, I I lost it, man. So uh, all right, I don't back know to how Bob. How we feel about this? I always let me get the Hulk a judge on it. I like it, dude. So we got the the skinny stack with Russ, but we're bringing it back with Kittle. I think Kittle's going to be super popular at that price tag, but I think that like the full stack won't be as popular. Um, not tons of correlation here, but we got to think about like the listener league. It's 2000 people, man. So it's not necessarily like we're full game stacking this if we're trying to get to the top. Uh, it's only going to take one big week in this tournament for you, Reeves. Uh, it literally could be just one big hit that wins this thing with the guests. So I'm in on this for sure. Any other uh, final thoughts on this? No, no. I mean, listen, it's a week where, you know, looking at FanDuel specifically to make it, it's, it's all, I want to play a lot of guys. That's mm-hmm. always scary. I'm always scared those weeks. I like to keep a tight core. Uh, not in real life. I don't got a tight core, but uh, <laughs> like it, it, when you have this many wide receivers that look like you want to play and it's kind of the running back positions wide open again, because we don't know if Dalvin's going to play and the big dog's so expensive. Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of an open book this week. I think we're going to see a lot outside of Hubbard. I think we're going to see a lot of unique lineups this week. All right, Rich Rebar, everyone. Follow Rich on Twitter at Lord Reeves. Check out the worksheet at sharpfootballanalysis.com as well as the Sharp Angles podcast. Reeves, see you next week, bro.
That's all we have today. Thanks again to the presenting sponsor, FanDuel, and to my guests, Matt Harmon and Rich Rebar. One last reminder to leave a rating or review on this podcast truly does make a huge difference, and I'll see you guys in the listener league, FanDuel.com slash Holka. Let's have a great week. <laughs>